0: You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, come with me.
1: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SP Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Happy. As always, to be joined by RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. Gentlemen, happy holidays. We've got Saturday football. We've got Sunday football. BLG, it's a good weekend for NFL.
2: Always love Sunday football. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all.
3: Two weeks in a row, we have NFL football um, four out of five days. Um, Obviously, last week we had three Saturday games, this week we have three Sunday games. Um... I kind of like this. It's it's weird, but I kind of like the bulk of the action happening on Saturday this week. You know what I mean? It, it will provide for a different but but nice and pleasant
1: sort of Sunday, Christmas day. I don't know if what we saw last night could be quantified as professional football, but we'll get into the Thursday night yeah. game. We'll also preview all the games coming up this weekend. But before we do, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, Thursday Night Football. Jags, Jets, Jacksonville gets the 19-3 to win, their third straight win. And they are now competing for the AFC South title. They're just a half game back at the Tennessee Titans, who aren't going to have Ryan Tannehill. Are the Jags going to win this division, RJ? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think the Jags
3: are talented. I think they're also benefiting from the division. Um, obviously, the, you know, the Colts are the Colts are king of fraud mountain. The Texans are, are <laughs> vying for the number one overall pick and the Tennessee Titans, all due respect to Malik Willis, are not going to have to turn to him for the rest of the regular season. And so um, it's tough. It's tough to see this not breaking the Jaguars way. On top of that, they're a very good team, uh, kind of finding themselves. Trevor Lawrence kind of having his his Joe Burrow second year glow up, not quite to the same degree. Uh, But it's kind of like, hey, whoa, maybe this guy was kind of good, right? Maybe stats was a little bit too hard on him at the very beginning, um, you know, towards the the start of his NFL career. They have so many weapons. I feel like the the Evan Ingram thing was like hiding in plain sight. Um, I mean, he's talented, you know, like they they have more going on than a lot of NFL teams. And so um, they're interesting, but um, it is a little bit annoying. Like, I feel like we've had the like Jaguars overall glow up storyline happen before. So it's just kind of like been there, done that. But, you know, a a playoff game in Duval would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, So, hey, good job, Doug Peterson.
2: Big shout out to my guy, Doug E.P., Eagles Super Bowl champion, Doug Peterson, who helped beat the Cowboys (laughs) last week. The Cowboys, huge. Actually, you will find out later in the show
3: stats that the Cowboys live in in Brandon's mind.
2: His former team and. Yeah, I do think the Jags are going to win the AFC South. Been saying that. The Titans have not been trending in a good direction. Ryan Tannehill out for the year now. Um, you know, some people might think Malik Willis is an upgrade, maybe in the long term, but I don't think in the short term. Um, certainly, you know, more, a more mobile threat, but I think he has a long way to go as a passer, as a rookie, especially given the uh, circumstances he's working with. Jags currently have a 69% chance of making the playoffs. They have just. Uh, the Texans that's on the road in week 17. And then it's a big, probably winning in kind of matchup against the Titans in week 18. So that's going to be a really big game. The Titans remaining scheduled, by the way, um, looking at what they have up next it's this week. They get the Texans that'll be in Tennessee. So, you know, Texans have been a little bit friskier lately, but uh, I think the Titans will win that game. Then it's a big game against Dallas on Thursday night football in week 17. And then again, they end the season in Jacksonville where they already lost to the, or they already did lose to the Jags this year. Yeah. Um, uh, Dougie P like you look at what he did with the Eagles in 2018 and 2019, they were in bad shape. Live these comebacks in December. It's Doug Sember, if you will. (laughs) Lawrence is, in his last seven start stats, this is for you. 14 touchdowns, one interception,
1: 108.2 pass rating. He's playing really well. Had a nice fumble to start the game off, too. If the Jets could do anything offensively, it might have been a different game. The Jets are a joke. The Jets are so bad. Zach Wilson That's is so bad. What? What? I think that's too much. Like the
3: Jets aren't a joke. Zach Wilson is a joke and his jokeness weighs them down. They are a yeah. sound
1: football team. Their that's- offense They ran the ball five times in the first half last night in a monsoon. The plan was let's put the game in Zach Wilson's hands. That's bad coaching. They've mm. lost eight straight in primetime, 19 of their last 25 primetime games. They have lost since the butt fumble in 2012. Zach Wilson gets pulled in the third quarter. The crowd erupts and a practice squad quarterback comes in and actually moves the ball down the field because guess what? The Jags aren't really that good either, but everybody looks good when you play the Jets. The Jets are terrible. Zach Wilson is terrible. And that could be, RJ, the last game Zach Wilson ever starts for the
3: Jets. I think it is. Um... You know, Brandon and I did a live edition of the NFC's mixtape as, uh, as Thursday Night Football was starting. And when we finished, uh, we were just talking and, and kind of wondering out loud, like, who's the team that talks themselves into the former number two overall pick, right? Like At some point, everybody thought this guy was really good. He's the new Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz. Uh, Brandon threw the cold side. That would be so funny um, if uh, if they actually wound up doing it. Also threw the Saints out, but they don't have an, any serious draft capital because they're already pretty stupid. Um, I, I still think that's really harsh. I do uh, agree, um, that there is some, some bad decision making. I saw Connor Hughes tweet this. I think Robert has done a great job, despite uh, me you know proclaiming he would be the first head coach fired way back in the offseason. But you can't wait as long as he did to pull Zach Wilson in, in this game. Like, I recognize now the Jets are sort of out of the playoff picture, but as this game was unfolding, they weren't. You know what I mean? Like that—that that felt like really like cutting your nose off to spite your face, like for whatever reason. Like they—they they had they had a chance to be a playoff team. They probably don't now after this loss. But um, he he held on way too long to Zach Wilson in this particular game. Yeah.
1: Bring agree. him the receipts. Like when do we get to show him the receipts? Is, can we do? He it already
3: now? proved himself. Like we don't get to do this. We don't get to like oh well, you proved this right then. Now you're proven it or wrong. Now you're proving this right. Like he had you know Robert Sala. Let's give him give him his flowers. His flowers for what? The team is terrible. They're they're seven and seven or seven and eight now. I mean, like they're like you're acting like they're like like there are a lot of jokes in the NFL. They have a joke of a quarterback, they had a misevaluation that's going to cost them dearly, but they have a very good team
1: overall. But they've bungled the the quarterback situation. Like you just said, yeah, Zach Wilson's been bad, but they keep throwing him back out there. But what's the option? Like what what, like right now,
3: today, like what is the alternative?
2: They should anyone. they should have put straight. I mean, they honestly probably should have just started Streffler. But OK, if you want to give Zach Wilson one last chance, give him like two drives, honestly, or a drive I agree see that. how it, if he if he can, if he has it early on. OK, but like he has to be on the shortest of short leases. And at this point, there's just no point of playing him. It should be done. It, 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 it'll it only get worse if they play him in terms of if he gets hurt, then you're on like, you know, the books for his contract or like you're doing the injury thing. No, like just keep him on ice. Don't even play him at all. There's no point at this point. You know, he's a bust. You've learned everything you can learn from playing him. Who is the Jets quarterback next year? Do they like make a big push for Lamar? You have to consider. Uh, I brought this up before probably, but Joe Douglas, you know, former Ravens uh, executive is now, you know, the GM in New York. They, they have to do something and they have to do something big, right? Like, I don't know.
1: Well, Lamar's not going to hit free agency. They're going to franchise him. Well, yeah. So do they trade for him? Sign and trade. I mean, like it's possible. What about James um, Garoppolo?
2: Also possible. Um, Coming off injury, no. Um, Probably going to be re-signed by the 49ers, though. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, probably. (laughs) Well, he's the
3: second-best quarterback on the team because Brock Purdy's the the best. But, um, I mean, there was all the comparisons to um, when Jordan Love came in for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. Remember, it was like almost to the day when Aaron Rodgers had to, um, you know, come in for Brett Favre in that Thursday night game against the Cowboys in 07. Brett Favre, people forget. Brett Favre played for the Jets. Like, that happened. You know what I mean? Like, that was a a one-year thing that, that did happen. Um, what about Aaron Rodgers? Like, couldn't you you see that a little bit? I mean, like, at this point, all options have to be considered. And I don't think any of us believe in Aaron Rodgers, the football player, to the same degree um, at this moment. But he's a huge upgrade over Zach Wilson. Does,
1: does Aaron Rodgers want to go from one LaFleur to another? I don't know. Can you do that? Is that allowed? Does Aaron Rodgers want to go anywhere but Green Bay? Yes. I mean, I...
3: Who knows what that guy and, and what if you're gonna, a quarterback if you're a quarterback, what what tools around you do you want? What the Jets have to offer or what the Packers have to offer?
1: I don't know. Christian Watson's been coming on, man. And Aaron Jones is really good. Yeah. What but, do the Jets yeah. have? Garrett Wilson. Okay.
3: Elijah Moore, Michael Carter as a second option. Brees Hall coming back Bruce from injury. Hull. That defense. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, the defense, the Jets defense is definitely better than the Packers. Yeah, but I don't think the Jets offensive weapons are like that great. I want to bring something up. I tweeted this, and um, it was met with
3: responses from all over the spectrum. Um, All I thought about, and I brought this up to you before, both of you, um, was, well, good job, Jets. You beat the Rams in 2020. That meaningless game that you beat the Rams, you felt super good about yourself. That costed you Trevor Lawrence. You went from Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson. And so, like, I get it. Like, these he, he, are professional athletes; they don't tank. Blah blah. This is the cost. Like, we literally saw the cost in front of the Jets' eyes. Like, they had to watch an alternate reality in front of them. I know you bag on Trevor Lawrence all the time, stats, but like, it was it worth it? Was it worth winning that Rams game for the Jets? He's definitely better than Zach Wilson. I'll say that. I mean, what like? It, again, like I'm not saying, oh, this proves tanking is the way to go, but like, like Brandon, if if Doug Peterson, your your guy, Doug Sember, if he doesn't tank week seventeen against you know the football team at the time, Devontae Smith is not an Eagle. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's worth it. Like it sounds you know obtuse to say, but it is
2: and then they don't have the saints pick this year because like there was also the trade back, you know? Mm-hmm. So they got number six in the 2021 draft. And then they traded back so they from got, that. They got
3: 12 first, right? Oh no, you're right. Yeah, and then They traded back. back no, no, they 12, traded yeah. back
2: to 12. They picked right, right. up an extra first um, from the dolphins. Right. So yeah, then all so there was like a huge trickle down effect from that trade, which has like, you know, uh, given them a lot of more assets to work with down the road. So yeah, one, one game like that. And I, I get to your point, RJ, Yeah, you can't, it's not, the, it's not on the players. You know, the players can't go right. out and be expected to not try. But you can have management and coaching decisions where you're maybe playing more practice squad guys and and, and not playing dead end veterans. But, you know, uh, guys with upside and who are younger and probably not good, but maybe at least have potential and probably are going to help you lose.
1: As long as they base the draft order on record, it's always to your benefit to lose once you're eliminated from playoff contention. Like, and I know people get mad when you say it, but I mean, well, these are the facts
2: Unless you're one of the like the team, like the Rams this year in right. the top or the five Saints. because you gave your pick away. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, although there still is benefit to losing in terms of at least your second round pick will be higher now.
1: Is there um, anything? Go ahead, Seth. Is there anything else you want to say about this game before we move on? I just wanted to ask you both a question
3: about the Jaguars. Do we think that Jacksonville-Tennessee game in week 18 is the Sunday night flex game? cuz you, you said it Brandon like it, yeah. that's probably winning in like that's generally yeah. like the the vibe they go for and it, yeah. like when was what was the last not Thursday
2: night football primetime game in Jacksonville mm. I don't know but yeah that's a good call by you I'm looking like trying to look at all the other games I don't know what else would be off the top Maybe of my head Maybe
3: Baltimore and Cincinnati if if
2: that's <sighs> Okay yeah the, cl- probably, but they're both probably going to be in I mean mm.
1: who's quarterbacking for Baltimore
2: That's true I think uh, Lamar will be back by that point but we'll see uh, one last thing I had is who is the coach of the year right now? Is it Doug Kyle Shanahan? Okay. Next I mean, question. I think unbiased. I think Brian Dable
3: Brian Dable breathed some life back into his cause last week, like because the win came on national television too. Like we talk about narrative. Doug has a Super Bowl ring. You know what I mean? Like
2: people are like, oh, like he's a good coach. He's supposed to do this. Like Brian Davis. He also had
1: like the dude. lowest bar to overcome. Like
2: but that's but that's also crazy. He also had the highest mountain to climb in terms of he took over the worst team in the NFL two years in a row. Like that's not nothing.
3: Um, I don't know that that's
2: fair to say. Like, I don't think but, Doug should be by far and away in the favorite, but I almost think no one is by far and away in the favorite. It's a it's a tough field to kind of sort through.
3: You both are unfair to him but like i don't think kevin o'connell gets enough recognition in this capacity either like he's wow
2: the only coach yeah he's become the only coach to have as rec- good as record as he he, he, won he won his division he won his division
3: with three weeks to go
2: like so as, as a first-time
3: head coach like so on, on on the surface like
2: that every merits metric consideration. that team is not as no but as, if, as if you're your gonna like if you're gonna your miss your fantastic stretch
3: to get doug peterson involved oh, you like kevin o'connell at least deserves to be in the conversation took
2: over the team again that was worse than the league two years <laughs> in a row has them as division winners or right the vikings were
1: a stalwart of greatness no dan campbell no why is like that the, a no the first seven games of the season happened i hate when okay. we do this. the same thing with brian flores when the dolphins were one and seven and then they got back to 500 and people are like he's the coach of the year well what happened for half the year like they were dreck 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 Drek. so you know where dan campbell's at the middle He's at zero. He's at the baseline right now. That's a coach of the year. This would never happen because um, of the
3: narrative and stuff like that. But I think Zach Taylor has been really impressive, um, at least more impressive than I anticipated. Like um, in the, in the spirit of like who has really impressed you, who's done an amazing job. I think Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit.
2: Especially when you look at the history of teams like that lost the Super Bowl. And I think right. usually things go by the wayside for them. As, so not just him, but the Bengals as a whole, I think it's, they're having a, Probably a more impressive season than they're getting credit for, just because it's hard to bounce back like that.
3: Very two thousand seventeen Atlanta Falcons, who lost the worst Super Bowl of all time. Then were a playoff team. They won a playoff game against the mighty Sean McVay. So
1: why'd you say the mighty? Which because that's McVay how people hate? that's
3: how people treat him. Like he's infallible
2: and he's the greatest coach of all time. He's the next Belichick, baby. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he
3: won. He won the Super Bowl, and then has literally had the worst follow-up to it that any Super Bowl winner has ever had. Yeah, yeah so okay, had a, but
2: this is the only bad year he's ever had. Well, he also had the I don't lowest think scoring output in Super Bowl history. Okay, but like he ever. was
1: in the Super Bowl that Louis. year
2: scoring out So what? That's one three game. points that's pathetic
1: okay it was okay. As a, as a a like game. an
2: offensive innovator
3: and offensive like genius. that guy you can't be like this guy is the next belichick you, that guy's not i, guy just, I it, that never kind of said he was the
1: next belichick but that's the, that's the why media. i said
3: that's why i said mighty like that it's a it's a dig at the like yes. o- over amplifying right. he's a very good coach but like he is over amplified to
1: be made to be like one of the greatest coaches of all time that's my qualm I mean, you're so you're knocking him because after they went all in to win a Super Bowl, they've had a bad year where their quarterback's been banged up. And because he didn't score a lot of points in the Super Bowl, the, the 20, second time he, or the first time he got there
2: in 2018, people were like literally saying Doug Peterson didn't deserve credit for the Super Bowl. And it was all Frank Reich, like one year after winning the Super Bowl. Well, that's, that's
3: crazy. fault. But my Sean point isn't like driven by my point isn't driven out of some bias towards my team, the way Brandon's is, but like, look at, <laughs> like, look at coach, look at a coach in, in Sean McVay's division, like Kyle Shanahan, you said like, Oh, Sean McVay's lost all these pieces around him. You can't look at Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan doesn't need arms or legs or feet or toes or whatever. Like Kyle Shanahan will make it work. No matter what, when has Sean McVay ever done that. Oh, Sean McVay is a, a wonderful head coach when everything is perfect around right. him. When he has the best offensive player like in the, the NFL, healthiest team in the league like, for like that's four like years the, running, he, yeah. he cannot overcome the slightest bit of adversity. He he, Sean, is, yep. he is Sean not McVay the best runs head coach circles in his own
1: around Kyle Shanahan. If you look at well, their career did, record, now you
3: ha- now you have bias towards your own team as well. Like Kyle Shanahan is is maybe like the
1: second best coach in the NFL. I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but mo- Sean McVay. Never has a year. Kyle Shanahan has multiple ten-loss seasons. That doesn't happen to Sean McVeigh this year. There he did not
3: early good. in his career, but like things have stabilized since 2019, have they not? And in 2020, they were like what the most injured team. So like I understand that like that that's not something that he's always overcome. But for the most part, as he's gotten longer in the tooth in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan has found a way. Sean McVay has regressed as he's gotten longer in the tooth in the NFL. And and again, he gets hoisted up as like one of the best. He's not a top five coach in the NFL today.
1: He's regressed. This is his only bad season. His worst year before this was nine and seven. And they missed the playoffs. I mean, like, you know. Oh, I'm, my goodness. It, <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, like, are... we
3: people are like, oh, we got to fight. Now I'll show my bias. We got to fire Mike McCarthy because he doesn't make the NFC championship game. But like, Sean McVay can be this bad coach and win four games and whatever. But he had a cute little one drive with Baker Mayfield. So let's throw him his flowers once again.
1: Pick me. One, two, three. Pick
0: one.
2: On three. Pick
1: three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I, I feel like you guys are just ignoring everything, but let's move on. We got to do our lock of the week, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. Again, SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. BLG was the only member of the show to get a win in his lock of the week last week with the Bengals minus three and a half over Tampa Bay. RJ, you and I took the loss. BLG, you're ten and five on the year. RJ is six, seven, and two. I am four, nine, and two. Ugh. Where are you going this week, Brandon? I have clinched
2: a regular season uh, lock of the week standings win. Of course, we will continue into the playoffs. I have a good lead. It's the Sean McVeigh special. And uh, ten and five. I've gotten ten of my fifteen. Luck of the weeks, correct. Whereas RJ has only gotten six, which is going to be relevant, and you'll see why in a bit. <laughs> I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles outright against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I, I will take the points for the sake of you know the standings here in the conversation, um, but I do feel like the Eagles are going to go down to Dallas. It doesn't matter that Jalen Hurts isn't playing. I mean, that, there's a drop off. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying they can still win with Gardner Minshew, who I think is one of the better backup quarterbacks. In the NFL, I think the Eagles have a good mismatch in their favor, as RJ likes me saying that the Cowboys have a big issue right now at cornerback two across from Trayvon Diggs, and the Eagles have two wide receiver ones in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and I think the Eagles are going to take a big advantage of that, and I also think the Eagles can get their running game going enough if they need to because Miles Sanders um, could have a big game with Leighton Vander Esch out and Jonathan Hankins on IR. So overall, uh, I think it's going to be a close game, and I like the points, even if the Eagles do end up losing, but I think they're going to win, and they're going to clinch the number one seed in Dallas with Gardner Minshew leading the way and paying tribute to his former coach, the late, great Mike Leach. RJ?
3: This my, it's my turn. Um, that would sound like a lot of copium. Like, oh, yo, well, I don't know. Gardner Minshew is like, what? I don't know what evidence there is to support mm, that he's one of the best back quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, at, at this point, you know, I... I understand and agree that Devontae smith and aj brown are very talented but it's almost as if a change at the quarterback position would seemingly impact the greatness that they're able to achieve um on a per game basis um the dallas cowboys with Dak prescott are a better team than the philadelphia eagles with gardner mintry that's what this comes down to i mean he he limits them he does i mean the philadelphia eagles with jalen hurts are one of the best teams in the nfl arguably the best team in the nfl this is a sizable drop-off and so um I've said, Brandon and I have said the same things to one another a lot this week. We've done a lot of shows and, <laughs> and, and pieces yeah. of content together. Um, but, but the What's, what's at stake for the Eagles is obviously much greater than what's at stake for the Cowboys. The number one seed, the division, um, th- those are, are the most high mark things that you can achieve in the regular season. I do think, despite that, the Cowboys are playing for a little bit more pride, having lost in embarrassing fashion last week to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, this is, I don't know if you have seen the stats, in all likelihood, the last home game of the season for the Cowboys. They have two road ones to finish it up and obviously will likely be a wild card. Um if you care about the Christmas E fact or whatever, that's something that every team in the NFL is dealing with this week. Um, I think the Cowboys want to stand tall um, and want to keep their season alive a little bit longer. If they win this game, obviously the NFC East is not clinched, at least until next week. And if Dallas were to win next Thursday night, the game will recap on next week's show. Um, then Philadelphia could lock Dallas into the five seed with a win next Sunday against the So New just Orleans to be Saints. clear,
1: your pick... His well, doubt. I mean,
3: you let you let Brandon ramble on and on and on. So I, I thought those were the rules. I thought that was no, allowable. Not,
2: but I see that there's a bias here. I'm I taking don't think the that's Cowboys. What he's doing? He's just saying, like, so you're. This is because this is the first time this has happened in the. I thought it was. Show. I thought it
3: was obvious. I'm sorry that you guys can't see the forest between the trees or beyond the trees, whatever the expression <laughs> is. But yes, thing. I'm I'm taking the Cowboys Um laying you Really four beat and yourself and in the foot on that one. Um <laughs> uh, Laying four and a half because um Gardner Minshew's a
1: cool dude, but if he didn't have a mustache, people wouldn't hype him up the way that they do. Uh I'll give my thoughts on the game a little later. My pick this week and I look, it's really not worth much but we're doing this so I'm going to give it my best shot. I'll take Cincinnati minus 3 over the Patriots and maybe I'm a little biased because I talked to Tom Kern of NBC Sports Boston earlier this week. I just think the Patriots are a mess. They the best thing about them was their division their situational awareness and that mm-hmm. seems to have completely Disappeared. Mac Jones is, is like openly calling out coaches. Belichick's calling out Mac Jones in the press conference. We didn't attempt to hail Mary because he can't throw it that far. I just don't like the vibes with New England right now. And Cincinnati is rolling. So I'll take Cincy. It's only minus three. And I just, I really like everything that's going on with Cincinnati right now. Their defense is playing well. Joe Burrow seems to have found something like he did last year down the stretch. So give me Cincinnati minus. Three. I like
2: that pick by you stats. The Bengals are surging in the Patriots, as I pointed out before, have not. Be- well, now with the Jets having not a winning record, the Patriots have not beaten a team this year with a winning record. Oof.
1: Brutal. All right, let's move on to our same game parlay. We were terrible last week for Giants and Commanders. None of us got our pick right. So BLG, you and I are tied at six and nine and RJ is at four and eleven. I'm going to go first in this one. We're going Raiders Steelers. I'll take Devontae Adams over 74 and a half receiving yards in this game. Waller is back. I think that's going to open up opportunities for Devontae Adams. And I have no faith in the Steelers right now. I really don't. Like, uh, you know, oh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing year. Like, they're not that good. So I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. He's the best thing about the Raiders. And I just hope they do the smart thing and feed him. Because all they got to do is give him opportunities and he'll get over 74 and a half.
2: I am going to go with a Najee Harris anytime touchdown score that uh, he's found the end zone in eight of his 14 games this year, including five times in the last five games for the Steelers. Raiders have allowed the third most fantasy football points to running backs, so they are vulnerable on the ground, certainly. And they also have allowed 16 total touchdowns to running backs this season. So um, a little bit more than one per game, or, or at least will be at this point. No, yeah, because so they played 15 games. Okay, math. So yes, I think <laughs> Najee Harris is going to get into the end zone at least one time in this game. Um, I want to give a shout out
3: to Rob on Twitter at rvec, V-E-C-C, the number one. So rvec1. Rob sent me a DM last week on Twitter. Actually filed our same game parlay. Um, didn't hit. So, Rob, if you do it this week, we, uh, we studied up a little bit more. Um, we're hoping to make you some money. Um, that being said, I'm going with the lowest of low-hanging fruit possible. Uh, I'm taking Josh Jacobs plus 110 as an anytime score. Brandon, you mentioned um, fantasy, talking about Najee Harris. Josh Jacobs has been kind of a fantasy hero, obviously all season long for a lot of people. Um, This is the fantasy playoffs. Like it just kind of feels like, you know, like that's due, right? Like, like you could just kind of see your timeline this week. Like that's Josh Jacobs has brought you this far. Look at him. He's carrying you into your championship round and kind of, you get those players every now and then like that, those kind of vibes like Jonathan Taylor a year ago, whatever. Um, So Josh Jacobs, get it done, please. Um, We have, three more opportunities uh to hit this in the regular season and if we miss that's pretty embarrassing
1: for you <sighs> yeah, two for come on me. we have to get one so just to recap Devontae adams over 74 and a half receiving yards and Najee harris and josh jacobs anytime touchdown scores. all right let's take a quick break when we come back we can rip through all the games it's going to be a lot of fun there's some clinching scenarios we'll get to those as well on the sp nation nfl show Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, we will give you our thoughts on every game, unless one of us gets zapped. If that happens, you cannot offer any thoughts on the game. You can only give your pick. There we go. That scares me every single time. Uh, There are multiple clinching scenarios, but I have a policy, and I know you guys are probably going to hate it. I only give the clinching scenario if it's one or two things that need to happen. Beyond that, I think it's way too hard to follow along. You can figure it out after the game. So, The Bills can clinch the AFC East with a win or a Dolphins loss. And the Eagles can clinch the NFC East and the number one seed with a win. Let's start with the early games tomorrow. Giants in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. BLG Minnesota giving four after their biggest comeback in NFL history last week.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Giants, I thought, had a more impressive win. I thought what they did against the Commanders was really surprising. I was a fool uh, <laughs> last week to say that they were the lock of the week straight up, regardless of the spread the Commanders were, that is, to beat the Giants. Because I just look, Commanders had a huge advantage. They had a bye week, they had three weeks to prepare for the Giants. They're healthier than that Giants team. I was really surprised. And that's, uh, you know, certainly can put a feather in Brian Dable's cap. Uh, for that kind of win. I think that is a win that the Giants might be able to build on here Uh, in a game where I think these teams have overachieved. I like the points a little bit more. And the Vikings are frauds, man, and I will continue to say it, and I will continue to believe it. They did not even cover against the Colts. I guess they came back and won. They didn't even cover against that pathetic team that RJ was like, oh, they're absolutely going to cover, and they didn't. So (laughs) I'm going to take the Giants plus four to win outright, but also I'll take the plus four.
3: The nerve of the Vikings to not cover after um, falling down thirty-three to nothing. um, You know, the fact that that
2: they won that game not impressive
3: enough. Um, Look, (laughs) it's it's only you know, possible to come down from 33 points if you fall down by 33 points. And that's obviously an important factor here. But the Vikings get no credit for this. I mean, or for for this kind of thing. The Vikings came back from down 17 against the Buffalo Bills and it was like, oh man, what a bunch of frauds. Meanwhile, the Jaguars come back from down 17 to the Cowboys. It's like, oh, greatest team ever. Like,
2: we can give the Vikings love.
3: We we can (laughs) give the Vikings love. We can give the Vikings credit. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, all this is, is people trying to confirm priors on the Vikings. Their offense (laughs) was dealing in the second half, they, their offense was on absolute fire. And yes, they didn't cover, but they should have. I mean, they, they had a turnover that they didn't get that led to a pick six immediately um, after for Kirk Cousins. That doesn't happen if the official does his job. They had a defensive touchdown taken away from them. That doesn't happen if the official does his job. And so, yes, I mean, the Vikings are victims in that sense. They are a little bit fraudulent in some senses. Whoa, what a big shocker. No NFL team is perfect. Um, I do think that what the Giants did last oh week God. was very impressive. We already talked about that a lot. Um, I thought the fourth quarter performance by Saquon Barkley, this is a weird way to put it, but was maybe like the finest quarter that a running back has had this season in the NFL. Like he, he looked like the most unstoppable version of himself in that quarter specifically. That being said, I'll take the Vikings. Um, I believe I don't think they're the greatest team of all time, but I do
1: think that they are generally disrespected. I feel like the this is a classic, like old school, new school thinking, right? A lot of the newer analytics and stuff like that, that we look at, say the vikings are frauds but yet none of that matters because here they are at 11 and three like and so i feel like that is the battle that goes back and forth like it doesn't matter Hmm. if all the advanced metrics say they're not very good the only thing that matters at the end of the day are wins and losses like you you know if they hold up the super bowl trophy are we going to still be saying like hey they're frauds like they are because they hate the vikings
2: they hate kirk i don't think we have to worry about that i don't think that's going to happen
1: Okay, but, like, they have a chance to be the number one seed in the NFC. Like, they are winning these games, and I get it. I, I agree that, like, I don't think they're as good as their record. But, no, the, the games count. They really are 11-3. and three. I'll take the Vikings. The Giants are not very good, okay? The only reason they won last week is because the officials decided to not throw one flag and throw another flag at the end of that game. They don't impress me at all. I think that Brian Dayball has done the best he could with what is a terrible roster. And now I think it's just, no, had a nice season, Giants. You'll figure it out next year. I'll take the Vikings and I will give the four points. Next up, Seattle in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs burned me last week in my lock of the week. RJ, Chiefs giving 10.
3: Yeah, Chiefs needed overtime to beat the Texans, but not a. Not a peep about it this week. That's a very interesting discussion But You Where guys were the came Chiefs in all, that game? Only a really terrible team would. Where we were need the, the Very last moment. Where were the Chiefs the, uh, the Houston game? Texans? The Cowboys the did not need overtime. That game? And in fact, the Chiefs gave the ball the up in overtime. The road, and the uh, it's my the turn to speak, Brandon. Home. Thank you very
2: much. Um, zapped? No, it's not because you just got zapped, and the Chiefs were playing in houston whereas the cowboys, you're still talking okay good the cowboys <laughs> were playing at home and they should have lost the chiefs were not at a point where they were gonna like lose that game we've seen these chiefs do this they're really bad at covering the spread they kind of don't you know turn it on for full four, four quarters the cowboys should have lost that game and it was much different than uh, that you're trying to make it seem because that's what you do um and that was probably the best, most satisfying use of the zap. I just want to keep talking <laughs> forever now. Um, anyway, uh, it's tough. I'm going to take the points here, not because I think the Seahawks are like great and because they're not trending in a good way. But again, the Chiefs just aren't really good at covering the spread. Part of that is because they usually get these big spreads and they're hard to cover. Um, so I will take the Seahawks to cover as they con- continue to try to stay alive and battle for a wildcard spot. But the Chiefs will win the game.
1: I have to say, BLG, I kind of agree with RJ. If we're going to ding the Cowboys for struggling with the Texans, why shouldn't we ding the Chiefs? I think that's fair. And the Chiefs have an element of, like, too cool for school. They turn the ball over a lot. They have a negative turnover differential this year. Like, Patrick Mahomes has to drag them kicking and screaming to a lot of victories. I don't think they're as good as they look. The 10 points, I really don't like that number. I don't think Seattle is playing very well right now either. I think that defenses have kind of adjusted to Geno Smith a little bit and he hasn't we don't know if he's gonna be able to make that counter punch just yet. Um, but I think hmm, 10 points, it's in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I guess I'll take the Chiefs and give the points, but I don't feel totally comfortable about it. But I think RJ's point is fair. Like, why shouldn't we ding both? It's either well, ding I mean- both or don't ding either one. I mean,
2: you can say that the Chiefs should have won more comfortably and covered the spread. I think that's fair, especially in the context the Chiefs did also not cover against the Broncos last week. And that's kind of, you know, not the best thing. But again, I want to make it clear that, like, the Cowboys were in much greater danger of losing the game than the Chiefs ever were.
1: The Chiefs were in overtime, though. They could have lost the game on any one play.
2: But I mean, like, no. I mean, they were not. Were they trailing?
1: Well, if it's overtime, it's tied. So literally, any I, mean, any po- I point mean, if you throw the game, a pick Were they trailing?
2: Six, were, they, were they about to go down to 10 points? Were the Chiefs about to go down 10 points in the they game? They were
3: trailing, just to answer that question.
2: Okay, they trailed by one point at halftime versus you 10 asked the points. Question. They were about to be 10 points down in the fourth quarter. I'm just saying it's it's a false equivalency thing. The Cowboys were way worse off in
1: that game. uh I, I like just digging both, so I'm going to do that and feel good about it let's go to carolina the lions are in town everybody's favorite team the panthers are getting two and a half points rj we'll start with you yeah um this
3: is, this is a keep showing us game for the Lions. And I don't think, like, I don't think the Lions have to prove anything to us. So, like, I, I don't mean to, like, paint it that way. Like, you have to meet some sort of, like, standard here. But, like, do it. Do it, Lions. Like, the, the road is laid out for you. Like, everything is working out in your favor. So, keep keep the party going. Like, everyone is rooting for you. I, I think it was Pete who said it on Monday Football Monday. Like, not who everyone. isn't a fan of the Lions? Like, right now. Me. um, Everyone's, every, I mean, okay, I recognize you, Stats. Um, are not a fan of, of the hype. Uh, I do think that Dan Campbell deserves consideration for coach of the year. Um, That does have some dolphins vibes from a year ago to your point stats of like starting off in this insane hole. Uh, But you also said like at the end of the day, if if you win the Super Bowl, who cares? I mean, you had the wins and losses at the end of the day. If the lions are a playoff team, who cares about the Rocky road that they took to get there? If they're ultimately in, Um, I would love to see that happen. Um, i was right last week you guys fell for the panthers oh man they're gonna go beat mike tomlin at the pittsburgh steelers now i mean the the Panthers. i would love to see them win the nfc south to be very clear as somebody whose team is likely going to visit that division there (laughs) um but um it just isn't going to happen i will take the lions um and i feel
2: pretty good about it i will also take the lions who are surging and i think could certainly be a pretty frisky interesting playoff team if they do end up getting a wild card spot, which it feels like things are trending that way, it's not a lock by any means. Five thirty-eight currently has them at forty percent entering week sixteen, so they clearly have work to do, and they could certainly benefit from uh, some help with the Giants, you know, Commanders kind of falling out of the uh, the, wild, the NFC playoff picture there and the wild card spots. Um, but yeah, I like the way the Lions are trending, and only two and a half, like it's pretty. If they win the game, they're probably going to cover
1: that. So I will take it. This is the easiest game that the Lions have left on their schedule, right? Because after this week, they play the Bears, who have become a much more difficult team to play lately, and the Packers in Lambeau. And the last thing you want to see if you're a Lions fan is Jared Goff outside in December. I don't think that's a good look. You've got to, this is a handle your business game for Detroit. If you're going to be the playoff team that everybody thinks you are, you cannot lose to the Panthers. I know that you're in Carolina. I don't care. You have to win this game. I just think that their offense is too good for Carolina's defense. So I will take the Lions and I will give the points. Next up, the Bills are in Chicago to take on those frisky Bears. Chicago is getting eight points in this game. I actually think this could be kind of a fun, interesting watch because you got a couple quarterbacks that could do some crazy stuff out there, BLG.
2: I don't think so. I think the Bears' defense is not great. And I think the Bills are going to have their way with them. So um, everyone talks about Justin Fields. He did have a big highlight against the Eagles. I'll give him credit for that. That was a crazy play to break out of a Hassan Redick sack um, at the same time. He also takes a lot of sacks. And holds on to the ball for a long time. And I think he's going to give uh, the Bills chances to get to him. And I think the Bills will actually cover this fairly easily. And they're used to playing in the cold. It's pretty cold in Chicago. Bills know what that's all about. So, yeah. Give me the Bills. Mm, the Bears defense
3: who had two interceptions off of Jalen Hurts last week. Um, I love the Bills. And they're so much fun. I love Justin Fields. Um, I don't think this game will be close. Um I'm just ready to see the Bills at the playoffs. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this like strenuous. Like, it feels so intense, and like that makes for fun football. Obviously, Saturday night was amazing. Um, but it's, it's just like I'm, I'm kind of nervous for them. Like, I, I just, I just feel like just get there. Like, get, get to the playoffs. Like, this, this whole year has been about like getting back the coin toss. Blah blah blah. Um, so don't work. I mean, like, I, I know they're not like motivated or worried about covering or anything like that. Um, I just Josh Allen is so reckless in a beautiful way uh as a quarterback and so i'm i'm constantly and continually worried i we don't talk enough about how we talk so much about the eagles and the ones who we don't talk about the bills like the chiefs are, are right on their heels like they have the one seed and so they have to obviously in all likelihood win out to win it and so go get this win keep your foot on the gas clinch the afc east um and let's get to uh the divisional round
1: Any chance of a letdown here? They're coming off the Miami game. They've got Cincinnati in Cincinnati next week. Is there any chance the Bills kind of just look past Chicago a little bit? Trap game. Mm, Probably not, though. Uh, Eight points. Yeah, I guess I'll go with the Bills, and I'll give the points. Although, I agree. Josh Allen, like, he is a little reckless. He has a little self-destruct in him. Like, I know we always like to compare Mahomes and Josh Allen, but I feel like Mahomes protects the ball better than Allen. He is protects himself better than Allen. You know what I mean?
3: Like a- Allen, well, again. True. Like it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like, and it's part of his game. And so, like, you, you know, you can't like hindsight. Like, oh, he shouldn't be that that physical. But like, dude, like the Super Bowl is not won in week fifteen on a Saturday night against the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need you soaring over the goal line in the most <laughs> like intense physical combat of all time. Um, now they won the game, so like it was obviously worth it. But um, Josh Allen is a special player, and so I just I really want to see him in the
1: playoffs. That's why he's just going to be beloved, though, by those Buffalo fans forever, just because he does put it all on the line. But like, some of it is week.
3: unnecessary. Like I talked about the Vikings comeback. Like he threw a pick in the fourth quarter in that game, and then he's like chasing down, you know, Patrick Peterson and trying to like punch the ball. It's like, dude, like understand your worth, understand your importance. Like it, it I mean, like, granted they did lose that game, but like, understand when it's worth it and when it doesn't make sense. Like you, you
1: don't make a business decision, but like, look at the big picture here. Let's move on to Bengals and Patriots in New England. New England is getting three points in the game. I gave my thoughts earlier. BLG, where do you come down on this one?
2: Yeah, again, the Patriots have not defeated a team with a winning record this season. Uh, The vibes are certainly bad. My Bill Belichick slash coaching overall probably is overrated kind of thing is aging incredibly well. As stats will not want to admit um i think actually i think your interview with tom Curran stats was really good and i think he actually said it really well i think belichick was very important and deserved a lot more credit earlier on in the in the in the brady belichick run i think you know that was where he was at his best and then between personnel issues which you will admit stats were a big issue belichick among other things kind of have been an undoing and like RJ likes to say last year with Urban Meyer that like that was like the one thing that we could actually all everyone agree uh, very everyone it's hard to get people on the same page on sometimes the most basic things in life in general but also uh in the NFL and it's just like what are the patriots doing with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and just the hubris like just imagine like the idea that Those two guys were the very best candidates. The Patriots (laughs) possibly, the New England Patriots, you know, like the the allure of being able to go to that organization and work with Bill Belichick. They could, you know, cast this big net and probably get a bunch of qualified candidates. And no, this is who they pick. And it's just pathetic. And this is the undoing of a lot of teams. It's not that they're dumb. It's not that Belichick is a fraud because like he's actually an idiot. It's he's a fraud, or at least is more fraudulent recently because there's so much hubris here. And that's it's it's all being uh it's leading to an undoing of the Patriots and I love to see it and the Bengals <laughs> are surging as I said earlier and they're ahead in the AFC North right now they have a big game against the Ravens as RJ mentioned coming up um in week 18 I believe so uh yeah they, the stakes are high and they need to keep winning Bengals by three.
3: Um, I agree with your hubris take, Brandon. I also think, I, I'm sure there's like a poignant expression for this, but like nostalgia is such an enemy of NFL teams and of people in general, like chasing what we once had chase like, you know, chasing the good times, chasing the golden days, whatever. Um, I, this isn't about the Patriots, but I read a, a Zach Kiefer article in the athletic this week talking about whether or not Chris Ballard should return to the Colts next season. Uh, and there was a line from, I think Jim Irsay who said he's got some Bill Polian S qualities to him. So it's like, like why why do we like you know what I mean like why why and hire do we Bill Polian? <laughs> but, but you get what I'm saying like every NFL like anytime time any NFL fan or or sportsman whatever like references like a great player coach whatever like in in their team's past like it's just the dumbest thing and so like the the Matt Patricia thing is like a, a symptom of that. I was personally willing to kind of see it right like okay like you know there there was a lot of success there. It's not like the, the Bill Polian example that was a long time mm. ago right like we're t- we're not far removed from the New England Patriots being a what great was- team with.
2: Well, Francisco's like this last game with the Patriots before he, he left. I mean, I understand the Super that, Bowl Fifty Two. it was like terrible, right.
3: but like that doesn't undo all of the games before that, but you're, you're right. But so Bad I was, vibe, I was willing though. to, I was willing to give it a, a chance, but yeah, like this is, this is Robert Sala with, with Zach Wilson. Like, you know, you, you should have hit the ejector seat a long time ago. Um, the Patriots are like. We, we talk about this with the saints a lot, right? Like you're about to return to like who you were prior to Tom Brady, like an obscure, irrelevant NFL franchise that we're on the verge of that happening. And
1: people, I feel like don't acknowledge that. Or maybe they're just too young to remember. I, I live in the bagels, Connecticut. By the way, just in case it wasn't obvious. <laughs> I live in Connecticut. There were no Patriot fans here mm-hmm. before Tom Brady. I am telling you they did not exist. And I agree. Like it's over. It's just oh. over now. Boston's a good
2: basketball town, right? Or a baseball town, either way. Yes. It's never been a football town.
1: It's an incredible run. The greatest dynasty in the history of the National Football League. But it's over now. I'll take the Bengals, and I will give the three points. Next up, Texans at Titans. Titans minus three. They're fighting for the AFC South, RJ. Texans have played better lately. No Ryan Tannehill in this one. Where are you going?
3: Yeah, I can't be zapped this time. Um, Texans showing some grit, some fight, some respectability. I mean, um, can
2: zap you, or Steven can zap you if they want. That's true. Um,
3: well, that's true, uh, but I can't be zapped um, out of narcissism, at least, like last time. Uh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but the Texans are doing it right. Right. You know, like, like playing well, establishing good vibes, but like getting the loss. We talked about the Jets and Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, um, you know, we, that, that's why, I mean, I joked about when they lost elegant the tank
2: did, is the way uh, Is the right. That's a good, really a good
3: guy, way yeah. to put, I, I joked, like, did they order the code red on, on the goal line possession against the Cowboys? Obviously. Um, I, I think the Texans win. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here. I somewhat jokingly, somewhat seriously predicted the Texans to win the AFC South. when we did that. And a lot of that was born out of the idea that this division sucks. And that was proven to be true. Certainly. Um, They look, they have hung with the Cowboys hung with the chiefs. What is there to believe, or like, how can we not believe that they could possibly win this game? Um, So I, I, I haven't seen it from a legalist. None of us have at the NFL level. So show it to us here and and impress us. Uh, But I'll take the Texans. Why not?
2: I was tempted to do that just because I think Malik Willis, again, has a long way to go. And the Titans' vibes are not trending in a good direction. But as our excellent producer, Stephen Serta, points out here, the last four times Derrick Henry has taken the field against the Texans, he's rushed for at least 210 yards. And, yeah, I remember him having a big game against Houston earlier this year uh, that's that's a big reason why I still can't take the Texans. The Texans are really bad. I know um, the Titans are also not trending in a great way, but they're at home and they still have Derrick Henry. So I think Malik Willis probably can run around on them a little bit. So I will take the Titans to cover.
3: The Texans almost won in Nashville last year. Remember when when Tennessee was like you know obviously about to clinch the one seed as as we all saw, but they almost pulled it off here a year ago.
1: I feel like if Mike Vrabel was as oh, good, they did. Coach I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry. Stats. They they won in Nashville and almost beat
1: them in Houston. My bad. You got to win this game if you're Mike Vrabel, right? Like, things are not going good. We need you to steady the ship. You can still, you know, maintain your control over the division. You win the game. You're still a half game up on the Jags. Now you have to play them later in the year. But, you know, you cross that bridge when you get to it. But find a way, Vrabel. Backup quarterback. Like, yeah, great. Give Derrick Henry 40 carries. Whatever it takes. You cannot lose this game when your grip on the division is, you know, you got to by a fingernail right now. The Texans stink. You cannot lose this game, and I don't think Mike Rabel will. I'll take Tennessee. I'll give the points. I know Malik Willis is, you know, a huge unknown, but even if he just runs around back there and does most of the work with his legs, I think that that's going to be enough in this one game to get them over the hump, so I'll take the Titans. Falcons in Baltimore to play the Ravens. Baltimore is giving 6.5 points. No Lamar Jackson in this one. I do not like the vibes in Baltimore right now, BLG, especially if someone had picked them to be over nine and a half wins this year. Come on, Baltimore, get it done.
2: Mm, yeah. I mean, this is like a big, when you look at the big picture of the Ravens right now, again, it's just is like collapsing out of the AFC North. Is that going to be what precedes the big Lamarck contract? Uh, you know extension is that is that what's going to happen and maybe they don't give him the contract extension maybe they just tag him and keep him on that but like and then they're going to do that another year they're going to play it out another year I mean it's an option but it just feels like you know either you want him or you don't like so decide and you know there's a disadvantage that having him back on the tag it limits what you can kind of do around him and hey that's been a big criticism by everyone Is like they haven't done enough to help him mm-hmm. Um, and if you could if you sign him to the extension so they're just in a weird spot to me I really do not like picking this game because I have kind of just made it a rule that I cannot bet on the Falcons because it's just it's the least surprising thing when they let you down. But six and a half points is so much for an offense that's not doing a lot right now. I will take the Ravens to win the game, but I will take the Falcons to cover the spread and then probably regret it later.
3: I'll take the Ravens. I'll lay the points. I don't feel great about it. I don't have anything to really add. I just, the thing I trust the most in this game is John Harbaugh. That's it. Like, that's, that's all I have. I don't, I don't have anything else. So I'm, I'm fine being wrong because I, like if, if it's, if it involves not believing in the Falcons, like I'm fine getting burned in that sense. I'm, I'm comfortable with that.
1: Sure. I don't believe in the Falcons at all. But I just feel like this Ravens offense is not, they're not structured to beat anybody by six and a half points. It's always comes down to Justin Tucker from like 54 yards away. And then he kicks a ball that would be good from 84 yards. Um, I, the Lamar thing is really weird because I feel like as long as his future is sort of up in the air and, and I don't know the specifics of the injury. So I want to say that first and foremost, but like, because he doesn't have a long-term contract in place, it's smart by Lamar. To not rush back on the field, true quickly at all. Whereas if you had a long term contract in place, maybe he's more willing to try and gut it out. And when you're banged up like this, you know, obviously you want your former MVP to be in there instead of Tyler Huntley. No, no disrespect to Huntley, but I, I just don't know how that is playing into Lamar and his situation. I just think that's dicey.
2: It's tough though because, like, you need to set yourself up for playoff success, which we've documented many times he has not had. And you know, if he comes back and he plays through it and he gets to the Ravens to the AFC North, then okay, you get to host a home playoff game, you like your chances there. But if you're playing on the road because you're a wild card, like that's tough. I don't think he has to do that with regards to
3: the contract, like, you're right with regards to legacy and whatever, but like. What he has to do with regards to his contract is get to the offseason healthy. Like even even if Lamar doesn't play play another snap over the rest of the season and he gets to the offseason, he's getting the the richest contract in NFL history. No, he's like, not.
2: Like from the Ravens, they're gonna pay him if he doesn't maybe not the
3: Ravens, but like he he can certainly command. Well, they're if Deshaun him, Watson can command the it, him. then
1: Lamar Jackson can absolutely command it. If Jimmy Garoppolo can command the richest contract, which he got, like he got that for five games <laughs> like Lamar certainly will think, but... think about like think like I'm not at all equating the two but like think
3: about what Kirk got when Kirk hit the open market like if you're a if you're a franchise quarterback you hit the open market well, you yeah,
2: are in all likelihood hitting the open market
1: yeah he's gonna I mean, have to he's play come play this far a couple of years eventually he will just not this offseason right. right uh all right so I'll take the Falcons and the points even though I think the Ravens are going to win the game last of the early game Saints and Browns I'll just give mine quick. I hate the Browns. I will forever as long as Deshaun Watson is there. Go Saints. I'll take the Saints Art. too. Um, I mean, the, the Browns, you know,
3: squeaked one out against the Texans and obviously beat the Ravens last week and the team we just trashed. Um, the Saints the Saints have an ability to like kind of get it together. I mean, and I I use that very loosely. Um, like they kind of held it together against the Bucks before it all collapsed. They kind of held it together last week against the Falcons. I understand these are meaningless things, um, but but the Browns are, are not a great team. Um, they're obviously not a great organization, to your point, in, in all of our point stats. Um, I'll take the Saints. They're in contention for the NFC South. And if they win that division, man, like what is their pick right now, Brandon? Like nine or 10? I mean, it goes nine. from there to like
2: 28 or whatever. Like that would be so funny. So I'm rooting for that. Well, I mean, you think they're going to get to the champion of the divisional round?
3: I'm sorry. Well, it goes to like 24 or whatever. I mean, like it. You know, if you it make falls the playoffs, back...
2: it's a guaranteed top or it's a, it's a pick from 19 to 31 this year because the Dolphins. Bring it. Their pick. Bring it. Uh, I also
3: have no qualms with Dallas facing them in the NFC
2: and the uh, wildcard round. The Saints currently have a 2% chance of making the playoffs per 538. Uh So they're still alive in the NFC South. If the Buccaneers win and the Saints lose, then the Saints would be officially done. I think that's what's going to happen, at least on the Saints end, in part because they're so banged up. No Chris Olave. They've been banged up all year and um, not that I super believe in the Browns or anything, but I don't really believe
1: in the saints and I think they lose Two late games this week. We'll start with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys giving four and a half points. No Jalen hurts in this one. You guys have given your thoughts. So I'll start first and I just got to take issue with, what was said about Gardner Minshew. I think Mm. there is evidence that he's one of the best backups in the league. The dude has 41 career touchdowns and 12 career interceptions. Like Mm -hmm. that is really, really good for you. My my, my,
3: my serious question is like, when, like, what of that has come as a backup quarterback? Like I'm not denying that it's true and legitimate, but like when Andy Dalton was a backup quarterback, like you could say those same things about Andy Dalton now, like, you know, when, when he's been a, a backup quarterback, so to speak, last year in Chicago, like he wasn't given those benefits. I mean, but just Gardner's like, twenty six. But when has Gardner, Gardner Min- come? Like when has Gardner come off the bench, so to speak? That's my question. We have not seen that version of Gardner Minshew That
2: that is objectively. What do you mean? True. I don't understand what you mean.
3: Like what he's accomplished has been as the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. What I mean, like he what went twenty to
2: twenty five for two touchdowns and zero interceptions last year as a starter. I mean, also, he lost in week 18 as this. Okay, he was not playing with any Eagles starters. Except well, for like, Jason I mean, if we want to snap. cherry
3: pick one way or the other. It's like, not cherry like, picking. He wasn't, wasn't
2: playing with any starters. Well, I he mean, came, and he was playing against the Cowboys starters. I just think thinking, so. You don't think there's a difference think, between the Eagles starting offensive line no, and their but, backup but, offensive but line? I do, but like, I, I
3: think it's, there's me? a difference in the same way. I think there's a difference between using what he accomplished as, as the Jaguars starting quarterback on a week to week basis is different than what, coming off the bench cold. Like when what he's he was in be Jacksonville
2: without A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and one of the best offensive lines in the league and well, and, Sanders to work with.
1: Don't forget too, RJ. In 2019 with the Jags, he wasn't the starter. He was the backup. He was. He was, came in for he full was starting halftime of week one. I mean, and he, he started Marone basically every of Nick game.
2: And Doug as his coach.
1: He threw 21 touchdowns and six picks. Like, I, I, this is a weird take from you. I do not understand this. Like, so Gardner Minshew t- has, has the ability. ability. We have
3: Not seen him as a Our as a backup
1: shook. quarterback
3: filling in for a starter. We have not seen so that. So what? What do you if mean? If he has well, the ability that
1: there is that that this is now. That's, that's a different. Thing. The rules of the game don't change when you come off the bench. This no, field's just, still the same. But we're, we're saying he's with...
3: he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. We have not seen him exist as a backup quarterback. He was one of the – I uh, did it last think year. An, what are you
2: going in circles at this point. Anyway, that's a really, I interrupted
1: you. Go ahead. Uh, so I think that there is a drop-off for sure, but I don't think it's huge. Sure. The thing I wonder about – and, BLG, you can speak to this more than I can. I feel like when the Eagles get in a little bit of trouble, things don't go quite their way. They get very conservative, and they rely on Jalen Hurts' legs to get them through the rocky times. Obviously, they can't do that. Not that Gardner Minshew's kind of mobile, but he's not Jalen Hurts' mobile. So my question to you is, if this gets dicey late in the game, close game, whatever, maybe the Cowboys start to get a little momentum and the Eagles need to kind of stabilize things, what do they do?
2: I mean, I don't think they need that. It is a nice tool to have, but, I mean, again, with the mismatch the Eagles have in the passing attack, I think – I mean, the offense looks super efficient when Mintu was in there last year. I think by like EPA per drive or EPA per play or something, that was actually like the Eagles' most efficient performance last season when he started. And again, they're playing the Jets, so that's a big part of it. But still, um, there was, anecdotally, you saw him, the bear, the ball, he had five incompletions, the ball, and like a couple, like one of those or two of those were like a drops. Another one might have been like a batted pass. Like, like he was just super efficient out there. So uh, I trust him to be able to do that and, and lead this offense efficiently. I Where the drop-off is going to come, as you said, stats will be some of the, you know, the scrambles or like, you know, out of structure plays, um, some of like just uh, incredible throw plays because he probably just doesn't have the same level of arm talent. But I think he can run an efficient offense and be a very high level game manager at worst. And I also think, again, the Mike Leach factor here is not irrelevant to me. I think he's going to be super inspired by this, uh, you know, the, his the death of someone that meant so much to him. And Gardner Minshew again would not have this opportunity to play in the NFL probably 100%. without Mike Leach in his life. I think. And you saw, again, you saw Gardner Minshew last year, viral clip after the Eagles beat the Jets. Gardner Minshew out in the parking lot with his dad, and he's like so fired up. And I don't think that's fake. That's that's like real. Gardner has put a lot of work in. And I think he's done such a good job of being a good soldier this year. Last year, there was a whole story about how after the Jets game, he went into Nick Sirianni's office and he's like, what can I do to be the starter? And this year, he's purposely put himself in a situation where he was like, he doesn't want to do any media because he doesn't want to take any distractions. He doesn't want to be a distraction at all. He doesn't want to take any credit away from Jalen Hurts. He doesn't want to be in the spotlight until now when he has a huge opportunity in front of him. This is massive because he's going to be a free agent after this season. And this could be, Potentially his last chance ever to really make a case for himself as either, again, a full blown starter next year or at the very least, a guy who can be like a bridge quarterback or come in and compete somewhere. So this is a massive opportunity for him. And I just think it, it's to, to throw to act like he's chopped liver and it's like he doesn't have a chance. I just think that would be I don't, I don't think anybody's in that way. Well, the line is acting like, you know, it's not gonna be a uh too hard for Dallas. I mean, four and a half. I mean, that's, it was it was like, up that, at six at one ri- point. That's
3: ridiculous. Like, cause the line is acting like the Cowboys are playing the, the Eagles with their backup quarterback. The Cowboys are a very good team. Like, you know, the, and that's, they're at the home. line isn't disrespectful. They're a yeah, better like, team still. That again, like you're acting like the line is disrespectful. The line is very fair with all of the context involved.
2: I mean, it was a little crazy to me at six. I think four and a half is more reasonable. Well,
3: it was crazy because it was volatile. I mean, like everything was changing. Like it obviously stabilized. That's why it's at four and a half stats.
1: That was the first time I feel like where it was like, "Whoa, the gamblers know something here. Vegas oh, yeah. knows something oh, dude, because all wild. the line changes happened well, before that, we found
2: out." The Hertz MVP odds too shifted in a big yes. way before. Yeah,
1: that, that, like that. I'm sure the NFL hates that, right? Because that's the thing they're trying to guard against the most. I. I don't know who my pick is going to be in this game. If you're Mike McCarthy, you can't come out against Houston and struggle. Now they won that game. And then you blew multiple leads against Jacksonville. Now you got Philly with their backup quarterback. You you really need to stabilize things in Dallas with a win. They, they, oh man, if you can't beat the Eagles with their backup quarterback, I would really lose faith in you. I think Dallas will win, but I'll might. take the points. Oh, of course the hedge.
3: Ben I don't D, understand. You, go, you kind of go. I don't know who, which one of you is speaking
1: now. Go ahead, Stets. Mike, what, what is my problem with? What is your problem with my pick? I mean, every week okay. it's like Mike. McCrum, no, I mean, if just, you
3: don't pull this off, you're the worst coach to ever live. Like, I mean, at what point? Like, I, I mean, does this do get a shred of of respect and and
2: credibility from you? It's it's not a huge problem. It's just funny because you're not actually taking a side. <laughs> <laughs> I agree you know, with I mean, that. I mean, like, because RJ and I have both locked up our, our picks,
1: and you just like go right down the middle, which is kind of I mean, funny, real quick. Because I know we got to move. The big thing that you have told me about Mike McCarthy is that he has changed the culture with the Cowboys. That's what you have told me, but evidence that's what to you have that. pointed to. There's and nothing yet, but evidence
3: to support that. They come out
1: with against Houston and barely win, get you yourself to win that 20 game. minutes
3: ago just acknowledged how like that is not necessarily the most infallible thing of all time. No, I said or or most valuable worthy
1: thing of all time. I said no, you have yeah. to be I mean, both teams. Yeah. And okay. then the next week after that, what did I say going into the Jags game? Well, the Cowboys just had their wake up game. I know. Like, like I there's said, there's no and, way and, and they're going to come I, out. Mike, if the Cowboys win, stats will be out here like, well, of course
3: he won. He played, you know, the Eagles backup. Mike will really impress me if he can beat Jalen Hurts. There's nothing like you. This is your Vikings take stats. you just want to confirm your priors. I'm like McCarthy. You're not willing
1: to move or budge 1%. On him. You have told me that the big thing he has changed with the culture, and what's happening so, with like, the Cowboys do you, do you late think he's in the season. One percent
3: better than, than you did when he was hired by the Cowboys. No, then I, I think, think that's he's ridiculous. exactly the same I, guy. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Th- then uh, then you think has that he Dak done in the playoffs? Is, then you think that Dak is a top three quarterback if he's able to carry this what you refer to as a potato of a head coach? Like what he is, is it? Po- what is hey, no. what is the what is the propelling factor for the Cowboys' success?
2: In mean, their defense,
3: the Dak, the defense, Kellen Moore, the, de- I mean, the defense did? that that squandered a seventeen point lead a week ago, and a fourteen yeah.
1: point fourth quarter but lead against the Packers
2: more often than not this season. Yeah. Right? And I mean, th- you
1: mean so you're telling me the Cowboys defense stinks because of the Jacksonville game? Like I don't know, but I'm saying point. that there are multiple factors involved. We
2: they're, say this all they're the literally time. literally the number one be defense. It can be
3: true that Mike McCarthy deserves one percent of credit. Like this
1: idea that he is a loser is silly. But again, what I'm telling you is you have told me that the culture is the number one thing that he should get credit for. And I'm telling you the culture culture hasn't
3: changed for the first time in a quarter century. They're a playoff team in back-to-back years for the first time in 15 years. They're a playoff team with three weeks to go in the best division in the NFL. I mean, so like, at what point is that? Is it like, man, damn, that is even, that is just a little bit impressive. That is that moves the meter, the bare minimum on the respect meter.
2: This is our Christmas episode. And it's like our most contentious episode. I mean, look, Jimmy Garoppolo looks Cowboys better than... than it is the Eagles win sometimes. <sighs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> the it's true. The obsession
1: I, that Eagles fans have. I
2: so... You guys are obsessed I mean, with can the can obsession guys, thing. It's not Kevin, an obsession. You, that in, in you, you love
1: that people yeah. are obsessed with
2: you. I, I know. Why do you thing. love it? It's you know, a rivalry. You love being obsessed with It's us. a rivalry. It's what makes football fun. How is that, like, lame? It's like, you guys that, are oh, that, so lame. That energy
3: is one way. Like, it's a rivalry. I have no qualms admitting that. But, like, this, I would never in my life be more excited about an Eagles loss than a Cowboys win.
1: I totally agree with you, RJ. If you get more excited about a rival loss than your own team win, that I question your fandom. That's really weird to me. Oh, my wow. God. Well, watch the Eagles Brandon's game last fandom. week
2: and then watch the Jags-Cowboys game and also put the context in there that with the Cowboys mm-hmm. losing, it made the Eagles need just one win in their final oh. three games. Is that nice. not exciting? That wouldn't be exciting. You guys are such frauds. No, that's no, exciting, crew, no, no, but it's not. But we're we're not saying it's not exciting, but, but you're
3: saying it's more exciting than the Eagles I'm winning. saying that is the weird. Bears
2: game was not exciting. It was not an exciting game. That's not what you said. You said sometimes yes, it is more exciting. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did say that in that context. Said, yes, I did. I said,
3: sometimes said more exciting. <laughs> including the Cowboys the to lose that I was talking about the Bears
1: game. All right. I think the important thing here is that Mike McCarthy is a potato. So um move Hold up. I haven't offered my analysis on this game. So, uh, Brandon you, referenced
3: Gardner Minshew's EPA per play from a year ago, which is suddenly no, relevant for Eagles, whatever reason. Uh, Dak, <laughs> Dak Prescott generated positive. This is a tweet from Next Ten sets. Dak Prescott generated positive EPA on 60.6% of his dropbacks last week, his sixth game with an over 50% success rate this season. He has the highest success rate in the NFL this year, higher than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so, again, like – the Cowboys blew that game. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating. It cost them the division that they were probably not going to win anyway. But it's it's a weird thing. That was one of the best games that Dak Prescott has ever played for the Dallas Cowboys. He had a horrible interception. The second interception, we all know, we all understand when we're not trolling one another, was not his fault. I mean, it was a a comedy of errors, of specific errors that led to their loss. They are one of the best teams in the NFL and they are playing a team with their backup quarterback. I don't care who that team is. I mean, I, I expect the Cowboys to win. I expect them to cover.
1: Would you expect the uh, Cowboys to win and cover against the 49ers? Um, with Brock Purdy? Actually, or Jimmy Garoppolo? No, Either backup that,
3: quarterback. No, the Niners live rent-free in my mind. Um, the Eagles don't, though. So Interesting. It's
2: All right. The person who clipped that clip and then would to play it. <laughs> I didn't clip that. Kevin clipped <laughs> it. By the way, that's
3: from the Birds <laughs> versus Boys podcast. Go listen to our friends, uh, Kevin and Aiden, who were nice enough to have us on this week.
1: Okay, Commanders at 49ers, Kyle Shanahan facing his most hated nemesis. The Niners are favored in this game by six and a half points, RJ. Who is his most hated nemesis? The Commanders. He can't stand the Commanders because they fired him and his dad.
3: Too. I guess so. I mean, I I never really like understood that
2: um, he doesn't like to Snyder for sure, and he hates Snyder. Oh yeah, well That's probably where no, a lot. He's of definitely those, alone in that come. capacity. Um, I don't I mean like I think a lot of leaks have come from probably him over the years. Um, last week's loss. Actually,
3: uh, stats. Brandon and I talked about this on the mixtape. Terry McLaurin, you cannot be blaming refs like that. That cannot happen. You that that is such big loser energy to be like, well, the ref told me this. And for for context, I said the same thing about Jalen Tolbert in overtime against the Packers. You cannot blame your movement, your lack of movement, whatever on the official, the commanders. And I hate this take of like, oh, the refs cost that game. They had the whole game to win that game against a team that everybody loves to dunk on, and they didn't. I will take the Niners to blast them. This is like a 50 <laughs> to 10 win.
2: Yeah, I think the 49ers cover here. I mean, their, their defense is not something to bet against right now. And, you know, I think Taylor Heineke is a good backup, but he is, you know, he has his issues as a starter, and we saw some of those against the Giants. I mean, if Kayvon Thibodeau is wrecking the commanders then i think nick bosa and that san francisco 40 niners defense is going to be able to kind of wreck him as well
1: and javon of the year. yes nick thank bosa. you very much javon kinlaw is coming back for the niners too uh he hasn't played since week three so that's going to make their defensive front even better but it's still brock purdy and to me he still has the potential to turn the ball over that's the only way the niners lose if brock turns it over and sets up washington with short fields that's the only way other than that then i i mean Only two teams all year have scored more than 17 points against the 49ers, the Chiefs and the Falcons. Everybody else, you cannot get past that. What a weird stat. Yeah, the the
3: 49ers have losses to the Bears and the Falcons, but those losses don't count when we hype them up.
1: Well, the Falcons, I mean, they had eight starters out in the Falcons game, so that's how the Falcons. Also, the Bears game was.
3: Context can be applied to the Niners losses, but not to anybody else. Interesting.
1: I apply context to losses all the time. Well, you do. I'm I'm talking about the, the Texans National and Michigan. Cowboys play in a rainstorm. All right, let's not I mean, talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys anymore. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the, the, the Niners. I will give the points Saturday night. Raiders, Steelers, Steelers minus two. Mike Tomlin trying to trying to not have a losing season.
2: BLG. Steelers I will take them as the favorites I think I don't remember if this stat is still true I remember Florio tweeted this or wrote an article about this a while ago right I could be wrong so maybe this is all worthless but I remember (laughs) there's this like long-standing streak of the Raiders like not winning in Pittsburgh like for forever um and you know going from the uh coast to coast although it's later obviously that helps but uh I will take the Steelers Believe in them more as an organization. Last wind week by the Raiders was a lot of fun if you're a Raiders fan, but also isn't like I don't know that's a turning point to me as much as it's also just the Patriots did something incredibly stupid and you were able to take advantage. So, I will take the Steelers here. Um I
3: don't think the Steelers are going to keep Mike Tomlin's, you know, 500 streak alive, but I do think they're going to win this game. Um you know, the emotional element of life and football is, is hard to quantify Brandon. You've talked about that with Gardner Minshew this week, obviously Uh, the immaculate reception, um, you know, anniversary, 50th anniversary today. Um, Good vibes for the Steelers. Um, Obviously tragic, you know, that, that Franco Harris passed away this week. Um, But, you know, If there's a team, I think that, like, just the anniversary aspect of this, that, like, embraces, like, team culture and team history, it is unquestionably the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Mike Tomlin is the perfect head coach for that. Um, I don't see a world where the Steelers lose this game and therefore don't cover.
1: I completely agree with all that. That's going to be a factor this week. And can I just say quickly, I've had a really fun career and I've gotten to meet a lot of Hall of Famers. I don't know that I ever met a Hall of Famer nicer than Franco Harris in my entire life. The man was just one of the nicest people I've ever met. And it was a gut punch when I woke up and saw that news, especially knowing not that it, it would have been that much better if he had died after the celebration, but yeah, you would have liked to see Franco on the field uh, for that. Along those
3: lines sorry i know you've heard this a million times but i do i do think like nice stories about people should be said uh when the cowboys visited the steelers in 2016 i've told this story before uh, my dad and i our our seats our our tickets happened to be next to him um the person we bought them from told us like oh these are next to franco harris but like you know we were kind of like what you know (laughs) Um, but like you know when we got there people were like oh yeah franco sits in that section it was just a really like whoa this might be for real and sure enough, the that whole game, which I know you both remember, was a really great game. Obviously, Cowboys won. I sat between my dad and Franco Harris, and he was just the the most wonderful, sweet person, talked football with everybody, every fan, obviously Steelers fans that wanted pictures and autographs. I mean, he was just such a great ambassador for, for the Steelers organization. Um, that was a really special memory for me.
2: It's just funny to me too. He's just like, you know, because he, he could be in a box if he really wanted to, yeah, right? Like, you know, he's just what I'm sitting saying, among like, the common fans. Yeah.
3: A, a perfect stealer all the way through. He ate French fries,
1: like from the concession stand. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just wonderful guy. Good taste in food, also. Uh, let's go to the Christmas Day games. Three games on Christmas Day, and they're not really great, but the first one is okay. Packers at Dolphins. Dolphins giving three and a half points. Mm, BLG, what are you going? I'll take the Dolphins. I'm not buying.
2: The Packers vibe still I know the Dolphins have struggled a bit but uh you know they played competitively in Buffalo so there's that well, I mean some people thought they were going to get blasted I mean RJ took the Bills to cover uh last week against the Dolphins and the, the Dolphins were able to cover I'll take the Dolphins to win here they're you know fighting in theory at least for one of these wild card spots they really need to stay alive in that regard and still Tyreek Kill still Jalen Waddle and I like that This match against Russell Douglas and the Packers secondary.
3: I'm taking Miami. Um, really bad week for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know. I know that they won, but really questionable week, I guess, maybe the best way to put it with the story that came out of the athletic about his receivers and the hand signals. And then that kind of coming to fruition literally on Monday night. Um, I want nothing to do with the Packers right now. Cool. You beat the Rams like the coach that that Brandon right. and I rightfully acknowledge is not that good. Uh, so um, I'll take the dolphins. I'll lay the points. Um, I'm excited to see Miami in the playoffs. This is the most excited I think I've ever been about the dolphins, like in my life, you know, they they've had moments that they've been interesting, but like, it, it feels real. It feels like, you know, they're here to stay for a little while.
1: Yeah, when they've lost three straight games, that that's when it feels real for the Dolphins. Do you think they're not a good team? Do you, do you think the Dolphins are not a good team? I don't think they're as good as we thought they were earlier in the season. I'll tell you that. Hmm. I, think, I think that maybe the league has adjusted to what Miami's been doing a little bit. I mean, they lost to the 49ers. They scored 17. They lost to the Chargers. They scored 17. Then they did put up 29 against Buffalo, so that's a little bit better, but it's not It's not like it was earlier in the year, and we have to see if Mike McDaniel can sort of counterpunch that. I do think it's going to be interesting in this game because they love to blitz. The Dolphins blitz like crazy, and if there's one thing we've seen from Christian Watson, he's fast as hell. If they try and press him at the line of scrimmage, he may get open for some deep passes. Full disclosure, I had the Packers were going to be my lock of the week when the spread was four and a half. Now that it's three and a half, I decided to change it. hmm, I think the Packers, I, I, I think this is not going to be like a walk in the park. For Miami they'll win it but I don't think they're gonna cover I really don't
2: you like that that half point don't you
1: yeah you know but half points matter they they put it there for a reason right and I will say the Aaron Rodgers article that came out like on the McAfee show Pat McAfee is great but he loses all credibility with anything related to Aaron Rodgers he's sitting there saying oh it's all anonymous sources every person quoted in the article is named (laughs) And they're current Packers players. We're talking about like Jordan, L- like guys on the team now. And it just he did apologize
3: me- for that. And and like corrected himself the next day, just for the purposes okay. of the whole story. Well, then
1: that's awesome. I did not know that. So thank Ooh. you for telling me that that's much better. But like you kind of, when you're sitting with the guy every week, I feel like you kind of have to do that the first time around. Don't you like, don't just pat this guy in the back. Just a, and
3: this is already a long episode. I thought awful announcing had a great write-up about this situation, like the story that was about the story um, and kind of like the prism of, of Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee show. It's really great. Um, if you, you know, if you want the full story detail, whatever, go to awful announcing and check
1: it out. All right. So yeah. let's keep rolling here. We've got two more games on Christmas Broncos Rams. Ugh. Least interesting game. The Rams are getting only three points. RJ. um, I'll take the Broncos. I um, I, I'm sad about it. I, this, I'm sad that this game exists. So I'll take the <laughs> Broncos. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos. I'll take the Rams. Why not? Give me Baker. Let's see some cool stuff from Baker. I'll take the Rams. Uh, Buccaneers at Cardinals. Cardinals getting seven and a half points. Trace McSorley in this mm. one.
2: BLG. Yeah. Um, Cardinals are in a bad spot. Uh I know the Bucs haven't been training in a right to – man, that's a lot of points in Arizona. <laughs> uh I guess I'll – actually, I'll take the points because that's seven and a half. It's, it's a lot of points. And look, look, this Bucks offense is not looking so hot right now. It's hard to trust the Cardinals. Hard to trust Chase McSorley. So McSorley might be able to run around a little bit though and uh, at very least get a garbage time touchdown, maybe cover the spread. Uh, I'll take the Bucs to win, and which will help them uh, – not officially necessarily but we'll work towards clinching the nfc south and then i will take uh yeah bucks to but to wind, but not to cover
3: i haven't read this yet um so full context you know how sometimes like you quote tweet something that's like are you sure you don't want to read the article first um so i haven't <laughs> read this yet um but there's an espn story about the uh, i'm just looking at jeremy Fowler's tweet uh, it says inside the cliff kingsbury dynamic in arizona with palpable tension with qb1 in the building a GM with far less presence in 2022 and questions from some close to him about whether he walks away. The quote that he used to tease a story. This is not sustainable. Um, bad times <laughs> in Arizona. You know what? The The Cardinals are the cult South. That's where they are in terms of fraudulence and incompetence. Um, I don't like anything about them. It is a lot of points, but you could totally see Trace McSorley who's got a really big, like TikTok following, just like turning, like you talked about turning the ball over short field stats. Like
1: I'll lay the points. I, I feel very bad about it, but I feel less bad about this alternative. I'll lay the points, but it's more about, I think Trace McSorley just being bad than it is confidence in the Buccaneers. I think this is the beginning of the end. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's back. Steve Kimes not going to be back for Arizona. And it's, they're going to turn it over. And I don't know if Sean Payton wants that job. If he's interested, I hope not because I don't want to see him in my division twice a year. But I think that this, the Kyler, Cliff, Kime triumvirate in Arizona is over after this season. They didn't release any of the terms. Remember they signed Cliff and Steve Kime to extensions last year. They didn't release any of the terms of those. That only happens when there's things in that contract that people don't want out there. So I don't know necessarily that they're gonna have mm. to pay a ton of like dead money to those guys if they let him go. So I just I just think it's over in Arizona. All right. Monday night football game, no analysis, just a pick. Chargers at the Colts, RJ. The
3: oh, Chargers will half, win, by the way. Sorry. The Chargers will win and cover because the Colts are really bad. Give me the bolt zap!
2: to beat the Colts. Why did you just zap him? He was only giving a pick I anyway.
3: I didn't use it. I mean, you know, I didn't want it to go unused. All right. Both really beat Colts
2: and cover four and a
3: half.
1: Justin Herbert. I still believe in him more than anything going on with the Colts. Give me the chargers and lay the points. That's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL show. Everybody, if you are celebrating this weekend, please have a happy, happy, Holiday, BLG has worn a Santa hat for this entire episode, which I feel like I definitely should have mentioned earlier. So that's a bad job by me. Please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. RJ, BLG, happy holidays. Merry happy
3: Christmas. Happy holidays. Go Cowboys. All right, come on with me.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.